Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. I want the parents and anyone responsible and has a say or anyone who wants their eyes open, we're actually going to have, I'm trying to figure out when to have this meeting. I don't want your kids here. You need to know that social media is destroying your kids, setting them up. There should not, after what I experienced at the presence of the Holy Spirit this weekend and him showing me the assignments against our kids, you are ridiculous if you let your kid be on the internet unmonitored and supervised. And you're also ridiculous if you don't think they can work around it, which is why I'm going to talk to Carrie about putting together something short, not over dramatic, but to tell you what apps and things to get. Anyway, there is a complete release on our nation to have, especially the daughters, all think that they're by. Not one or two of them. You do not have a daughter who has not been exposed to this. If you're in this nation, unless you're Amish or you have been an unbelievable, I'm talking about you have them as such a tight-knit group. That spirit was going to try to come into this church and other churches and destroy it. Because for us who can't even understand that kind of perversion, what has happened through social media when, uh, when these young girls start to... Uh, you know, grow up and get hormones, instead of recognize that's part of life and talking to their moms, they're on a social club, even in church, talking to each other during services. And they're actually, um, it's actually the actual accepted normal. Remember the accepted normal of the last generation was to live together before marriage? Does everybody know, like nobody's in shock about that anymore, Right? Okay, well, every generation goes to the next level of perversion. So the level of perversion now has gone to a place. Now, the next generation is going to try, if we don't stop it, to go to the level of perversion where they're cutting off body parts. Now, it's just starting. Remember how they were living together way back, but you didn't tell people and you didn't have children. Okay, then it went into pretty much accept it. And now it's like, oh, you mean, I mean, seriously, even Christian kids will say, well, you, you, the next, they honestly believe you live together, then you get married, and then you do start a family. That's what the Christians' kids are believing. The others don't even know why you ever get married. And we're not judging. We all started most of this mess. The things you thought were okay that God says wasn't okay, now it goes. See, we go from glory to glory in the things of God. They go from evil to evil in the, or perversion to perversion in the things of the enemy. And then the, the thing with social media is they think they got you fooled. They can sit there and smile. They can look so cute. See, I know this because I sit up here and see it in the spirit. 
Like I can tell you some of your kids and I won't because you're the parent, you should know. I knew that they're on their phones talking filth during services. And this is even back before now. And then you're all shocked when you find out. Well, you know what? It's time to quit being shocked. It's time to start being a parent. If you have a, if you're crossing highway and there's big, big, gigantic trucks going really fast and your child says, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. I can cross, leave me alone. You are crazy if you don't grab their hand, really look careful and pray getting across that street. Well, let me tell you what, the street right now for every single person's child starting at the age of eight, but they're trying to get it down to three because the next thing, it won't hit this generation, but if the devil has his way by the next generation, cutting off body parts and completely destroying people's lives is also going to be followed with pedophile. It's just normal. It's healthy. It's the way it should be. It's sick. Does everybody here agree it's sick? Do you understand that your sin that hasn't been really hated and repented of is why those doors are still open even in the church? Any place you justify your sin, well, you know, we were in love. I don't care if you were in love. If you were in love, if I was in love and I didn't have a wedding band on and God wasn't okay for the timing of it, it was sin. Hope. So we've got to clean this up. Now, this church has. We've got to start having real meetings, and you need to start bringing real people, and people need to hear how to stop this. It's not going to stop it if I judge another generation while I'm still living it. Some of you still go on dates if you're single, and if you get the hots around your kid, then all of a sudden you're acting like an unchristian person, and then you want to judge and wonder why they're so bad and try to control them. Get the lust out of your heart. Lust always comes with not having self-love. You don't love yourself. Therefore, you fall into codependent, wrong relationships, entanglements all the time. And then you wake up going, how did I end up in this? And how I'm thankful, I think it's through people's prayers and other people's prayers in your heart for God, that some of you haven't gotten into some terrible relationships. And I'm also talking to people on there because everybody's not here. And then we also talk to another five or 600 people every week that don't come here, don't live here. Does everybody get what I'm talking about? Sanctification is real. Repentance is real. What did you, I, I, I'm not going to say, I was talking to somebody and they're like, oh, they're doing fine. I'm like, you're, and I started telling them things about their kid I just found out this weekend. <gasps> Why would you think they're okay? Do you check their cell phones? Do you think they're really going to go off to college and be okay if they haven't really given their hearts to God and got filled with the Holy Spirit and really know? And the thing is, there were so many kids on this retreat in the Valley of Decision. But when you put them together, there is a spirit that operates where they don't even act the way they would act. I would never, except by God making me, ever bring a group of teenagers into my home at my house in Williamsburg or my home in Nagshead ever again. I knew God made me do it this time, and I'm glad I did because he gave me in three days enough fire and passion to save a generation and to wake parents up and to preach the gospel and get this out any way I can. We have got to save a generation, and you're waking up really late. 
The spirit of perversion is the worst spirit in this nation. It's worse than injustice, because it is an injustice. That people are screaming and yelling about slavery that happened way before any of us were even close to born or know anybody who was born and was covered with the blood of Americans. The greatest amount of Americans died during the Civil War because God already moved on that injustice, people. That one you should say amen. Because as long as the enemy can focus us back, he keeps us from seeing what's happening today. Kids being ripped right out of their park by their school buses, in the malls, anywhere, online, being seduced to go places, and they're missing, and nobody even looks for them. And because President Trump started to, and all of a sudden they were doing something real with your tax money, they had to stop him. Because if you go too far, why on earth is that woman who had all that sex trafficking mess getting nothing when she knows the names of who were the people who slept with people's kids in politics and took them into slavery? And nobody does anything. Just like we did. No wonder they want abortion. If you're going to live in this secret society of perversion, you better have a way to kill the babies so you don't get stuck having to take care of them because nothing about love or nothing about sex has to do with love anymore. And I'm not just talking to a few. I'm talking to, I could go say this to every church in here, the biggest churches, the fanciest churches, and there would be just as many kids there struggling with this, if not worse. Because here we're led by the Holy Spirit. When God decides to open your eyes to something, you better open your eyes. They have been taught through social media how to fool you. So sometime, I want Carrie to put a hand out, you need to get the apps and go look at everything they've been watching, but don't tell them until after you go and do it. And there won't be a person here who won't be shocked. God's like, wake up. Why are they on their cell phones all the time? Because we haven't given them the attention. We've been so self-absorbed as a society, self-absorbed as a church, so self-absorbed. I'm so thankful God got my kids through all that. And even though John and I walked through some hard things with Mitchell, I think some of it made us, you know, what's meant for evil, God will turn to good. Our kids got tons of attention. They had to become everything just to keep one of them alive and to take care of the other one. And we know God took care of us in it. But right now, I look at how, they've t how they're turning out, and it's not perfect, but it's not extremely perverted. And then they're going to have a wake-up call, so I'm not going to watch my grandchildren go through what's happening even to some of your children. Yeah, I know this isn't happy church. This is real life church. This is let's really do something with our power and our authority to change something instead of spending all our adult lives praying for what we could have stopped. Is everybody with me? And the other thing, we have to be a team in this. And I know people aren't here, but we need to be a team in this because what the devil will try, the Lord showed me what the devil is going to try to do. He was going to try to set up a situation where some kid 
cross the line with some kid and then the parents got into it and then it was going to make two or more parents want to leave our church because they couldn't. And we had this happen with a situation um, before with someone's daughter and somebody else's daughter and the other person left. You know what? We're not going there, people. This is not against each other's parenting. This is not against each other's kids. This is a, this is we as a church have got to stand up for these kids and we've got to wake up for these kids and we've got to recognize spiritual issues are not about people. They're about demons. And the best loved kid in the place could still fall prey to this kind of pressure that's out there. The, I guarantee you, I didn't know all these kids how they'd be if I was with them. But some of these kids I've been around, and when if, if they were just with me or just one or two of them, it would have been, been nothing. Nothing bad happened at the retreat. But it was, it, the Lord just kept showing me all the trying and all the plans and it was just like amazing and then so the lord showed me and i shocked all your kids okay i shocked all your kids except for some that are used to me john likes to call me the shock evangelist but they're all sitting there all looking all cute you know oh we're just gonna have some little worship songs and get to and I looked at him and I said, God, show me there's a bisexual spirit trying to get on every one of you. They're like, and not one of them denied it. I had kids coming up weeping and crying, repenting. Don't try to figure out who, because that's not the point. Thank God they cried and weeped and repented. I'll be honest, something's wrong with you if you have a sleepover or you send your kid to a sleepover. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. I didn't know I was going to say all this today, but I looked around. Maybe it's a good time to say it. I have never been in such an intense anointing in my life. I watched the Holy Spirit love your kids. I watched the Holy Spirit wanting to rescue your kids. I watched the Holy Spirit wanting you to get free to be the parent that they need to be. I watched the Holy Spirit crying out for you to really repent of your perversion, to really hate the lies you've bought, to get to such a place that you want them shattered and you want the devil destroyed and you want to live holy and you want to repent. Not blame somebody else for what you did. Look at what you did. Nobody made you get into a relationship. Nobody made you get the abortion. Nobody made you sleep around. Nobody made you do that. And until you stop and say, why did that happen to me? And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest reasons on any of it. It was a plan of the enemy for you to not love yourself. We had those kids go around and, share, and say, I love myself. And two of the kids could not even say it. And I'll be honest, some of the parents who should be here aren't here. So let's uh, make sure Nicole gets them the video. It's a sad thing if a Christian child, a, a child being brought up in a Christian home cannot love themselves. 
And it's probably because you don't love yourself. So you need to go back and listen to the teaching and get real. You need to recognize whatever the enemy's done to you to make you not love yourself is a perversion and a lie. You were created in the image of God by God, chosen by God, knitted together in your mother's womb by God, and he put love for him and love for yourself inside of you and inside of your DNA when you were born. And if you don't understand that, it's because you've believed the lie and you've let the enemy come in of condemnation and self-hate and everything you do is to try to get free from that. God's like, let it go. Believe who he is. Believe what he says. And then let him start to bring you back into who you were created to be. I, there was a, it was just one of the most awesome things. You had a great time, didn't you? Kalia had a great time. Um, was that the first time you ever went shopping with other girls your age? Mm -hmm. She got to go shopping with other girls her age. And, and I want to do this when we do the offering today. I want to help her mama. She's got two girls. The price of things is crazy high. Um, an ex-husband is in jail and unable to ever pay another penny for the rest of his life. And she's working nonstop and also trying to help her family get through a very difficult time. And she's never asked us for anything. I'd say, do you need some gas money? No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what? In the offering today, just write on there e, uh, letter M for Micheline and how much of that offering you want us to bless her with to help get her kids school supplies and clothes and whatever they need uh, with what's coming up. That's what love looks like. That's what's surrounding somebody who is in a bad situation. You know when the Bible says, because this used to always bother me, that they took all that they had and put it at the apostles' feet and then they, they distributed it? Well, that didn't mean what they had that they were living on. It meant that the people were so generous that if there was a need, a genuine need within that group of believers, then the apostles would take that money and pray for it and make sure everybody was taken care of. And you know, this church does that. You guys have always done that. That's not the same as helping somebody who's delusional. It's not the same as helping somebody who's running in circles and throwing away money and making... I'm, I don't believe in paying money into a sinking ship. Why should God's money or your money go to something that's going to bust anyway? If you're going to lose your house anyway, I'm not going to help you keep it an extra month. If you're going to lose your car anyway, I'm not going to help you keep it an extra month. But if you hit a hard place, but you're doing every single thing where it's going to change, then, then, it, then fine. Do you understand the difference? One is enabling and one is actually helping to stop it from being made worse. If this mom was not working and was not diligent getting up and getting help for her kids and coming to church, then I wouldn't help. Nothing that happened to their family was her personal fault. And she'd be embarrassed that I'm saying anything. Because she'd be the last person to ask for a penny. And how many know it's the last person who wants to ask for the penny is who you want to give the $100 to? 
Uh, let me put that out there. Somebody who's always asking for money and have a poverty mentality and wants everybody to pay their stuff. And that spirit on you makes people not want to give you anything. Right? But when you humble yourself and put your knees before the Lord, not expecting anything and doing all that you can, guess who will come through for you? The Lord. And how does he do that? With people. And as a church matures into this new wineskin, you're going to watch this a lot more happening. So there was awesome breakthroughs. One of the little girls stood up and said, I went through this kind of stuff last year and I got a little rebellious and, and it was just so hard, even though I really, really knew the Lord and just totally gave their heart to the Lord. And I told everybody else there, if any of you try to get this person or anybody else who this weekend decides to live for God and God alone, I will call you out in the middle of the service. Let me tell you, I was tough enough in this that they all know I will. But I had so much love. There's a difference between being tough without love. Tough without love calls a spirit of defiance, which means I'm going to sneak around behind your back all that I can. When I turn 6, 17, or 18, I'm out the door. And you actually set them up to do every single thing you don't want them to do. That's what happens with rules without love. Now, let me just say this, because some of the people who need to hear this aren't here, so I really hope they get this teaching, because God just got this on my heart. I didn't know I was going to do this. The Bible says if you don't discipline a child, you hate them. But it looks like you love them. They're the parents who take you everywhere. You, go, you may go camping. You go here. You play on the beach. You go everywhere. You do it because you're your kid's best friend. Do not be your kid's best friend. Be your kid's parent. And the reason God says you hate them is because they have no fear of the Lord, no discipline. They never had their cell phones checked a day in their life. Even when John and I let our kids have cell phones as, as teens, like, like driving teenagers, if I called, they had less than five minutes to call me back or I was taking their phone. You know what? Holy Spirit could show me when they're about to get in trouble and I could call. And I did. And I'm not saying they never sinned, but I'm saying they sure didn't have much fun. I wish some of you they're not here, would go and look at the cell phones. That's why I'm going to have Carrie put together the apps and all the things you need to do. I don't want that, let's do it and get them. I want that, let's do this because we love them. Anything you do without love is nothing according to the word of God. It could be the right actions. It might be better than, see, my hope is if that's the route you're taking, at least hopefully somewhere before it's too late, you'll get the love part. I looked at one child. Holy Spirit came on me so strong. And this was a child who couldn't say they loved themselves. And the Holy Spirit gave me so much love for this child. And in front of all these kids, you'd think it would embarrass them to bits. But Holy Spirit, no. I said, you are so 
lovable. You, I said, you are so worth loving. Tell them they were beautiful. Tell them they were smart. I told them how much a future God had for them. I told them how much God wanted to rescue them. I told them how much God, wanted, he knew their past. He knew they'd been hurt. He knew they had to forgive. He knew horrible things that happened to them in, in, that had nothing to do with them. And I, and I said, he loves you so much. And I said, at the heart of God, I said, I love you. I love you. If you didn't already belong to somebody else, I'd take you. And everybody, all the kids, they could tell it was genuine love. They could tell it wasn't something I read in somebody's book. And I, and I just, I, I couldn't quit gazing at them and telling them in front of everybody else how much I loved them. And that no matter what painful things they've gone through or what wrong choices they've made, God was trying to rescue them. I want a church that wants to rescue people and get off of being so self-absorbed. Deal with your issues. It's already all online. I don't have to re-preach it 4,000 more times. I probably have the, I seriously probably in the whole world have the greatest amount of teaching on being healed, set free, and delivered than any other ministry anywhere. And all you have to do is pay an offering of $15 a month. And if you really don't have it, we'll give it to you free. And you could type anything in you need to find out and get right to the teachings you need because I'm not re-preaching all that. I got so much more to preach. Why do you have all that preach? Because God's got a lot of people who's going to be hearing it soon, real soon. We have to heal the brokenhearted after they get saved. Before we cast out demons. Before we help them see things that are impossible to see. And before we have power to completely set at liberty those who are completely demonized. And you all are supposed to be a part of it, not just me. So, I did get a message from this person. And they thanked me for telling them that I loved them. That it really, really meant a lot. Now, I was kind of expecting a, you embarrassed me in front of all my friends. But real love doesn't do that. I saw countenance change. There was one person there nobody knows. They don't go to this church. There was a couple guests there. And I watched this kid who wanted to come because she was so hungry for God. And she's been through some hard, 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 hard things too. And, um, and I watched this other spirit try to get to her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, right in our church, there's this other spirit trying to get to her. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And the Lord was teaching me. Like I said, he was teaching me in two days what the church has got to grow up and understand. Because you know what? This is going to destroy the church. This is going to destroy the church. 
Because it doesn't take much to get this group against this group and this group blaming them while all of them are just as guilty as everybody else. And the enemy always wants the vision to make it about somebody against somebody instead of all of us against the devil who should be under our feet. Get right? So get ready. I'm telling you up and coming church events. I'm telling you, I watched this stuff happen in big churches. I remember there's a revival going on and all the kids, all seriously, they were out in the woods at this big church, smoking dope and sleeping with their boyfriends in the cars. Then they'd all jump out and jump in the big, cause it was a revival, a big water tank. And there was like wet t-shirt contest. And they're all laughing on their phones while they're acting fake spiritual and the whole church bought it and the whole church has all but gone down. How many know we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How many know we need the fivefold ministry? How many know we need to really be in the things of the Spirit? We cannot handle the delusion and deception and this scheme and this network that the enemy has on social media. I mean, right now, I'd almost say go become the Amish unless you want to get in this fight. Because we're in it. You're in it. You say, well, I don't have kids. We might have grandkids one day. You might have kids who have already been affected that you're going to need to repent and, and ask God to show you. You cannot have kids in a home with other kids in that home who are in blatant sin and it's treated as if it's okay and not expect that to get on the next group of kids. That's the scripture. If you don't discipline them, you hate them. And everything went fine. Thank God. I kept wondering why the Lord was so funny on telling me that I to really only you. Sometimes I hate to think, okay, I'm not suspicious. So don't put your suspicious thing on me. I don't call suspicion the same as being led of the Holy Spirit. And I am thankful for people like Carrie, who actually is in and out of this all the time and sees how bad this stuff is because that's her job. But I'm not into suspicion. I don't want to hear what somebody else said about somebody else. I don't care about who. I care about defeating the enemy. And this was just a little cross-section of about everybody. There were, there were some who have been really, really hurt um, by abusive people. There were some there who just lived in life up until recently of anything goes and it's okay. They would have been considered woke if they hadn't awakened recently. And then there were some in very um, somewhat messed up around them, but pretty controlled, uh, always in church, homeschooled environments. I mean, I had a little bit of a cross section of everything. I had older sisters with younger sisters. I mean, I had, it was kind of funny really. And it was all different races. It was really pretty funny to be quite honest. That God could take one, two day, two nights, three days, and show me everything, at least when it has to do with girls that's going on. Now, I'm going I'm to go ahead and sock this to you so you know. After they get them into that buy thing, 
which by the way now is treated as if that's normal. That's what you do when you're 12. That's what you do when you're 13. Instead of having girlfriends that's your bestie friend that you just go to the mall with and hang out with and sometimes even hug or whatever, now it's gone into lust, okay? Instead of being part of growing up, part of normal growing up, it now means the minute you have hormones that begin to make things change, it means you're supposed to be having perverted relationships with your girlfriends. Okay, I'm not kidding. And this is supposed to be safe because, you know, you can't get pregnant. And then it goes from there. Now, I'm telling you everywhere, okay? This isn't just because BFA has some rough people. I talked to Monica, who goes to the fancy churches, who goes to fancy school districts. Her daughter has, not, has gone to a new public school in Florida in a conservative area and within the first two weeks of school has been approached and made fun of and will not fit in and nobody have anything to do with her because she won't agree with the woke stuff and because she won't become part of the bi mess. Two weeks in school, brand new district, Christian kid. I can't really find one good friend in the church that she's at. I hope you are waking up. We need to pray. We spend so much time thinking about ourselves. And we've pretty much, and I'm repentant, we've pretty much let a generation go to hell and want to blame it on the end times. Love without discipline is hate. And discipline without love causes rebellion and a child who would never pick an evil lifestyle to go in an evil lifestyle. Grandparents, you've got to be an influence, but you don't always have the authority that you need to really change it. All the perversion in your past has caught up with this next generation, with your children and your grandchildren. The cool thing was I had some adults at this who never lived as wild as some of this, who were kind of in shock about all of it because they were having the same eye-opening experience that I was. But boy, they got in. What I did at the very end well, let me say, so one night I had purposely been instructed by Holy Spirit to make sure that only kids from the same family were in the same beds because there's king size beds there. And so for some people like Kalia, she got her own bed. Do y'all always play piano music at night? Micheline, she does. <laughs> that, I'll tell y'all that story in a minute. It was pretty funny. So... And then one other family had kids, and then one other had kids, so they were all sharing the same rooms. And then I had the bunk beds and all. Nobody was allowed to even think of coming off of their bunk. And, and you don't want to be suspicious. Can, can I just tell you, this is about, ooh, that's so evil. This is about somebody who's got hormones, and they accidentally bump into somebody else. 
but they've been told now by culture and demons and spirits that's released that, oh, this is, that means you're this, and that means you act like this. Does everybody get what I'm saying? That's why if you, I had a kid say to me, I was telling about someone I knew when I was young who went to a sleepover with people they didn't know and was molested there. And this person's reaction showed me that they are, that they're part of this other culture. And they said, against their free will? Which, what does that mean? Oh, you mean you can go to a sleepover and you can do all that stuff as long as you all agree with it. Who thinks like that? This generation, you guys. Wake up, wake up, wake up. They're not on their little phones. It's not this blatant, okay? It's a little two girls kiss or hold hands or this and that in an otherwise okay video or cartoon. And then they talk about, oh, did you see what that girl's wearing? And then they start talking about their body. You get what I'm saying? This is all over our culture. It's a spirit. And don't, we are, should not act all shocked because there were spirits in our day. And a lot of us, if not most of us, gave in to them. And now we are reaping that in measures we never thought possible. See, this is already, already the normal. The trans is the upcoming. The cutting of body parts. The becoming a boy instead of a girl. All this horrible stuff that they don't tell them the real consequences of. So I sat there and told your kids the consequences and your grandkids the consequences. I told them about uh, monkeypox. I told them about um, herpes. I told them about doing this junk with other people who do this junk and how it's going to come down to hurt their marriages and everything. I told them about people. There are people who haven't given into this. I told him about some of the people that I know that I met who actually waited till they were married to their wedding to even kiss each other, for real. And I told him about a young man who called me. He was at the college, and he was so upset. And he doesn't go to this church, but he heard about me. And, and he was so upset because the girl he had just asked to marry that he, he'd been dating, loved, and he never crossed lines, told him she had slept with another guy a few years ago. It was a boyfriend. Just She really thought they were going to get married. She was already in college when that happened. And he was devastated. i got to be honest. My first response was, wow, he thinks that's that big a deal. That's a horrible response. I didn't say that. It, it shocked me that there are still decency out there. That's because, so the Holy Spirit can do this. I want this church to become one of those churches. And actually, I won't stand for anything else. I won't stand for anything else. So we're going to be the team of parents and grandparents. And you're going to put the blood over your own sin. And you're going to deal with your own issues. And we're not going to do this legalistically. I'll tell you about a dream I had. And I'm going to tell you how bad that spirit is. We've got to do what's real. See, the early church met in homes. They fellowshiped. They hung out. Their kids hung out. They did not have this kind of spirits operating. Do you know this is a kind of spirit that made the Lord destroy the whole earth in the days of Noah? It's why he came and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you know we have all those things operating on steroids right now? 
But I'm going to tell you something. Christ is not returning because the world is so bad. Christ is returning because his church is so pure. He's not going to take us out of a bad world. He's not coming back. He'll make us stay in the bad world until there is a people who have sold out to him and shine. And I want you and your kids and your grandkids to be those people. And we're going to do that here. Hey, remember when I said, do y'all want a church? Or I, don't, I really don't want to go to anybody else's church. That's one of the reasons I decided to keep a church, even though I know the ministry is going to get bigger than the church. I don't want to go to anybody else's church. I love you guys. I like it here. I like being able to. I, I would get so bored in somebody else's church. Whether you know it or not, this is a new wineskin. And some people are still uncomfortable with it. But once you get comfortable with it, it's really hard to go sit in another church. Stand up, do this, do that. Okay, we'll pray for you. Go home. And that's the charismatic version. We're the new wineskin. This is what's coming. I mean, we're probably not good at it, but we're still the, we're, that's who God chose us to be. He's going to fill this place up. People looking for answers. You're going to quit being, not inviting them and thinking they can't handle it. You are in the shaking of all times and people want answers. They want to know. Right before this, I went to that seminar, um, the writer's seminar. And most of those writers who are known are with focus on the family. I mean, they're, um, let's just say it was really cool to be in a room of 90 women and I don't know exactly, but the majority of them were not spirit-filled. All of them, I, I believe, were born again. But there was a lot of not spirit-filled. There were a lot. Don't even go with the prophetic. You know, like if I shook there, they'd be, they, they wouldn't cast a demon out because they don't believe in that, a lot of them. But they would have called an ambulance. I mean, talk about feeling like so out of place. And I kept praying, and the Lord's like, no, this is, these are the ones writing the books. Like nine of them wrote books on grief because they've lost somebody. I already know I don't want to read their books. I'm not saying that mean. I'm just saying you, you don't understand God. And then there were a few. I prayed for, for the Lord. Could you have somebody I can talk to who at least get this a little bit? And there were two. One the one day and one the next day. And the one lady, um, we really talked because her grand child is in the gay lifestyle and she's been praying and oh out of 90 people over 11 or 12 of them have children in the in the gay who went gay that's 10 percent that's not including the grandchildren and all but you couldn't give any real answers it's they just we're praying well what are you praying now, I won't say this, one who oversees it, she's been through a lot, and she was really into some prophetic warfare, and she, she had seen Sean Foots recently. So there were other players who were in there with a lot of light, but part of the rules are you can't, if you bring up the book of Revelations, oh my gosh, it's like you just did the unforgivable sin or something. You're like, oh, we, we don't talk about that. I'm like, you're living it. How can you not be talking about it? Anyhow, so... It's been a really wild two weeks. I went from what's going here, what's going here, and what's going here. So we're going to learn, no matter what your background, no matter what, we're, we're, quit thinking about you. We are going to really ask God to help us 
to help this next generation. Okay, can I say this? Would everybody here please grow up, go listen to the teaching, get set free. It's not about you anymore. Just say, it's not about me anymore. It's time to grow up and be light to the next generation. And mean it. And care. Because they're God's kids. So, anyway. <laughs> it was just wild. That's all I could say. So somebody came up to tell uh, somebody else <laughs> getting with somebody else that they were switching beds. But they were I don't think they were switching beds except for innocent reasons, honestly. But see, that's when the enemy sets it up, right? So anyway. So finally, I told everybody in the morning. I'd had it with all of them, i got to be honest with you. Um, I will say Larlai had the best manners. And Katie Joe was second. Because even when they were doing walls, I'd be like, thank you, Miss Cindy. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Cindy. The rest of them are like, ah, ah, we don't care. It's like, then I'm like, do you do this in your parents' house? Some of them didn't say no, but I don't know. I mean, I looked down the hall one time. There was more, all of a sudden on the beach. Now, I'm just telling you, I'm not mad. I'm just like in shock. Because there's this thing called, okay, let me tell you. The first day. God does this for me. I don't know how he does this. He puts this grace, and I see what things could be. Anybody who's hung out with me very long, like ask Karen, ask Nicole, ask Donna, anybody who kind of hears my stories when I'm ministering, he shows me what things could be. You guys, the first day, everything was great. Like, it was so great. The kids were all out at the beach playing volleyball and, and, and making sure that nobody was left out. And, and uh, the younger ones were not trying to hang out with the older ones. And the ones who I knew had some stuff on them were, were it was like I kind of busted it up and God was working. And I was sitting there going, wow, this looks just like a church youth group thing should look like. And I was just like, I was like, this is going to be so awesome. And then that night I started hitting some really tough subjects in the spirit. And I thought, ooh, okay, God. And the first night, the dinner, everything went very nice. And then the next morning was fine. But all of a sudden, God, I think God said, okay, angels, back off. Let everything that's really there show up. And all of a sudden, to my dismay, to my utter disbelief, I went in to, uh, to maybe help uh, Kalia get out. It was so hot to go and, and watch TV or something. I trusted her in there. And um, the rule was the kids couldn't go in the house without an adult in there. But it was really supposed to be like, you know, four kids per adult. They saw me leave and go to the house. Now, here's where they were right before that. They were in the ocean. They weren't allowed to go out without life jackets for some of them. They were pretty good with that. And the waves were really bad. Like they had the yellow flags, like don't go in the water. So they're all sitting on the edge. But if you've ever done the ocean and the waves hit you in the sand and you roll around in the sand, you become sand. So someone decides, and I'm not, it was cool. I could see who the leaders were and weren't. I'm not, I'm totally not upset with anybody. And if any parent goes home, most of them aren't here, and acts like I'm talking with your kid, I'm hoping your kid tells me because I'm going to come and let you have it. We can't be a team if your kid can't 
be where God wants them to be and let whatever he wants to be seen be seen so we can deal with stuff, right? So that's what this isn't about because I have to get their trust, but I have to bring you into it to some degree to, because this is how I preach. Anybody knows that anyway by now. I'm not mad at anybody. I thought it turned out great, to be quite honest. I'm so glad I did it. God rescued a lot of kids. He healed other kids. He meant, it, was amaz- it was amazing to see how much he did. Well, I'm going, what are we doing? So anyway, so I guess they know there was a nod at the house. All of a sudden they decide, somebody decides, I'm going to go to the showers first. You guys, it was like they left all their beach gear. They left their shoes. They left their towels. They left, and they just came running. Now, I'm trying to get the internet going because I accidentally hit a button and turned something off and didn't know it. And right before I went and bought another one, I figured it out. Thank you, Jesus. God did not want the internet. They, they couldn't have internet. They weren't supposed to have their phones. It was just wild. All of a sudden, it's like a trampede of horses coming in the house, sand flying, water flying, the entire hallway. I'm like, stop, what are you doing? It was like, it just shocked me. It was out of nowhere. And I'm running to the thing, and, and one of the kids, I won't say their name, I'm not kidding, they had sand from here to there. I said, you're not going in the house. You know, go out there. And the other one that caught them, I'm like, take the shower outside. There's a water hose outside. We don't have towels because you left them all on the beach. And then the other ones are running around with no towels. I'm like, stop. It was, I was like, okay, okay, God, help me, help me. So I, I herded them all together, and I'm like, okay, I've got to go down to the beach and get the other two adults. It's me and this herd of kids. And, I'm, and they're all wet. And I'm like, once you get your shower, and I'm not, they knew I was hot. You get yourselves outside, and you sit where I can see you. You can go to the crow's nest, the balcony, or no one in this house. Not one kid in this house. And they're like, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And then I went, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to sleep on the beach. I've had it. I'm going to sleep on the beach. What does God do? One little rain cloud. One little rain cloud. No rain anywhere else. One rain cloud comes over me on the beach and starts raining. (laughs) Packing up my stuff. And then, then the other two adults are grabbing things and doing all this. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, let the kids come and get it. They're grabbing their shoes, their chair. Do they? Do the? No. They, they took every single thing. Well, let me see this. On my way down, I grabbed like three kids. Go get your stuff. Go get, come on, get your stuff. Get your stuff. So some of them are going down there to get their stuff. And here's the parents I told the parents, or the, I said, I'm not upset with you. I didn't ask you to clean up. This is what you don't do. This is what you don't do. But they did. Of course, it was raining on the stuff. So I'm out there putting myself up like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, needless to say, it was a very interesting part two of the retreat. So then that night when I was going to, oh, then we all went to Five Guys. I'd already spent way more money than any child seemed to have in their possession. Let me say this. You all spent way more money <laughs> than we were planning. But that's fine. It was, it was a God thing. So we did five guys. Everybody ordered. I stood there. I told all your children, you can get a small burger only, and I will get three bags. You know how fries, they give a lot. I'll do the fries small. 
small burger. This small burger is a real burger, and they were all fine. But I knew you, can I give you all idea? Never let a teenager order whatever they want when somebody else is paying. So anyway, I was like, so then we're up in the crowsness. We're talking about God, the creator. Everything's getting great. And here comes Allison with a little baby. All crazy breaks loose. And he was a cute kid. I'm sitting there going, we're not getting anywhere. I mean, the kids throwing little balls. They're all playing. They're all on cell phones now, which you weren't supposed to have. And it's just crazy. I'm like, forget it, forget it. I'm just thinking, I don't know. Forget it. I've lost it. I've lost this meeting. And then one of the little girls said, I really want to hear about the Holy Spirit or something like that. So I said, okay, that's what we're here for. And so I said to Alice, and I said, you got to go home or you got to get the baby to go to sleep. That baby fell asleep like that. Like that baby zonked out. He didn't move for four hours. And we preached, and Allison shared, and Sarah shared, and we preached, and we said all this stuff I'm telling you, plus what the scriptures say, and we preached, and they were all, and then I can't even go into it. Some other little crazy thing happened between a girl and a boyfriend. Can I tell you something? And they're not here, of course. They don't need boyfriends or girlfriends. Not intimately. If they can't marry them, then why are they dating them? God has one answer. God has one answer for passion. Unfortunately, it's lust now. Lust is a counterfeit. But the intimacy, passion, when, and I, John and I use this for our kids, when the passion arises in your child, they're to marry. That's what the Bible says. They're to marry that person that they have passion for. Well, if you can't, I remember when Michael was ill, he'd say, oh, I just really, can I date? I, just, I said, can you, I, and I, I remember one time saying to Michael, I said, well, how much money do you have? Well, I guess whatever he got, 75 a week or whatever, not dollars, probably quarter, whatever. I said, well, you think you can buy a house on that and a car? No. I said, well, you can't date anybody. You don't have enough money to get married. And they really weren't trying to date people young because it's not, that's not a cute cultural thing. That's a biblical truth. That's a biblical truth. That's a biblical truth. Why are you dating somebody and then passion's going to raise up and then what are you supposed to do with it? Get pregnant and kill a baby? Get dysfunctional and codependent and messed up? So anyway, we had a situation where somebody's boyfriend creates, they shouldn't even have a boyfriend. And that person totally showed every indicator that what's inside of them is already codependent, totally, totally messed up. They're shaking, they're crying. So much drama. I was like, so I said to the person, well, if this person really called you afraid, why don't they call somebody who can help? Like a family member that's right there near them, I knew. I said, or the police. Why are they calling you? Anyway, I talked, they didn't want this kind of life, but they could not give it up yet. So I'm really going to have different ones from the ministry. Talk to some people. So that was all crazy. I'm thinking, I've never seen such crazies. Every, anything possible to show me what's going on showed up. And you all thought the women's the women retreats were powerful. <laughs> so finally, things calmed down, and then God really had me share. It was still kind of 
shaky. Here's the things I did not want to happen. I did not want the one new little girl who just became a believer at the youth thing, who lost her mother to, to some disease, who is just now asking real questions that Holy Spirit ministered the night before, and then I'm watching her be pulled into this other stuff. And one girl who, who, who's had a very hard background, lots of hurt, rejections, a lot of really traumatic things. And she came because she's been excited for God ever since she heard me preach. She doesn't go to this church. And I'm watching her get pulled into it so much that her whole countenance changes. Her whole, I, I look at it, look like a different person. And I'm like, and the Lord show me, these are the things that can happen. This is what's going to be happening in churches. Kids who are really finding God for the first time, this predator spirit's going to come and try to destroy it. And then kids who are really seeking me, seriously seeking me, are going to have a hard time against the peer pressure. And then there's going to be kids who are really wounded, whose parents do not know how to love them, that the church is going to have to pick up some of that slack for real. Or these kids are going to be defiant. The Bible tells you this, you guys. It tells you this stuff. It says if you provoke a child, don't provoke a child to anger. He tells you not to threaten them. He tells you not to do this stuff. Go listen to the parenting teaching. He means it. You have to love unconditionally, for real. You have to love yourself to even be able to do that. So I'm watching every single scenario you could think of. By the time the second night was over, I had people crying, repenting, um, wanting change. Some of them really hurt by some things in their families, and they, they didn't want to say it, and, and they wanted a safe place to say it. And you don't try to figure out who, because there's a lot more than you can figure. And it doesn't matter. What matters is that we do something. So I told them in the morning. They kept wanting to get in the hot tub, and I knew I didn't want to do that because I just didn't want to mess with it. So I said, well, tomorrow we'll do a baptism out in the water. Well, in the morning, the water was terribly rough. So I'm praying, what are we going to do? And then as everybody's eating, because I, I, I saw how I said, you know what? Y'all act like you don't have any money, whatever, forget it. I'm not even doing breakfast. Y'all are on your own today. Your pastor is not an enabler, just so you know. I knew it's not going to hurt him not to eat. But then Allison shows up with food for everybody, so that was good. So I told everybody, and I'm telling you all this, and I'm going to tell every child who ever comes to youth group and every time we have a youth group, a lot of them aren't here today, but that's okay. We're going to get this out there. I said, look, I don't want anybody to lie. They had the fear of the Lord by the time this was going on. I said, don't lie. Holy Spirit knows if you're lying. I don't want you. I said, the hot tub is going to be, it's not a regular baptism today. It's only for those who God has really dealt with you. You've really repented and you want to live for God. And you recognize that it's really hard to do. And, and I want to see who wants my help. 
I wanna see who wants my help. And I wanna see who wants the church to gather around them. And I said, this, I don't want anybody saying another word. You go down, you pack up your stuff, you be ready to go, because you're not tearing out the house. That didn't work, but anyhow. I said, but not a word. I don't want peer pressure deciding who's gonna do this and who is not. And I said, but for those who want to totally ask God to, enter, to help them, to set them free, whatever needs to happen, when you go down, you're making a declaration. I don't care if you're baptizing it or not. You're making a declaration that you're coming up a new creation in Christ Jesus. And every sin and everything of perversion, everything that you've been drawn into, whatever it is, it is going under that water. And when you come up, you are telling the demons, I live for God, leave me alone. And you're telling the angels, I live for God, help me out. And the God is going to know. Now, he wants every one of you to make this. I said, but I only want you to do it if you're serious. And I said, and here's what I'm asking. If you choose not to, that you will at least promise to not cause any of those who choose to live for God to be pulled into your mess. You're not going to show them stuff on your social media. You're not going to, um, I don't want, I, you're not going to be rejected. I don't want anybody, I don't want them rejected. Okay, you didn't get in the baptism, so we don't have anything. I see, this is a place where you all don't know how much I have to ask God for wisdom. And parents need to ask God for wisdom. This isn't an easy thing. The ones who go out and kill churches and all are people who are rejected from the church. I get people not wanting certain people in a church. I get why people don't come here because some of you bring people to the church that nobody would want in a church. Right? But God is going to mash it all together. And there's going to be all kinds of people in this church. But could you be led by God for who you bring here? I'm not interested in somebody whose name's not listed in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm not interested in somebody who wants their sin and, and they're forced to come here. Now, young people, yeah, do you get what I'm saying? I want the people who want light. So I just, so I said, everybody agree. I want everybody watching because you're going to be, you're going to be supporting the people who have made this decision today. Even if you're not ready to make this big of a commitment, I know you're all born again. I know you all want God, but, and I'm not trying to force it. I said, but for those who really make this decision today, I'm for you. And we're going to try to have things for kids who are really serious about God. We're going to try and uh, you'll see who you are and you'll help support each other. And I did say this, and I want to say this to the parents. Do not send your kids anywhere to try to rescue people. They're not mature enough in God. Most of you couldn't handle this. So don't put them in that place. Just support them. Let them be able to talk to you. Let them be able to talk to me. For those who can put your kids in Christian school, praise God. But this stuff is still there too. If you see activity, such as your child has way too many pictures of their girlfriends, that's not normal. What's not normal is an indicator the enemy is up to something, right? I notice people not trying to be modest, some of them. 
there's just all these indicators that the enemy is trying to set this trap. Just to get this to where do the guys go, do y'all remember the last trend um, maybe six, seven years ago was guys and girls hung out as groups of friends? Like nobody's dating anybody, but they all hang out together, kind of like the Friends show. Okay, and some of that's fine. But the next level of perversion is when they date a guy who's perverted, and then he wants more than just a one girlfriend. He wants this buy stuff to be part of their relationship. Is everybody shocked enough yet? You should be shocked. You might know what's going on. You're probably younger and been part of it or part of seeing it happen. But this is real. And we need to help. And I'm going to tell you, if you have any family living in your home that you need to know you need to make sure that your child can tell of something that makes them uncomfortable no matter who it is. And you want to do this without making them suspicious and paranoid. But I'm telling you, unless people are really living for God in a big way, this stuff is everywhere. And God's going to conquer it in our nation. He's going to conquer it in our nation. So anyway, so the baptism was really good. I will not tell you who did and who didn't. I will say I was really happy about how many who did. And I will say the few who didn't had really good reasons in their thinking. And they were just taking it extremely serious. And um, I, I didn't feel bad about them not doing it. I actually thought it would have been easier just to get in to follow what everybody else was doing. But they weren't all doing it. It was really a holy thing. So now pray for me as the Lord leads you as how to watch this youth group. Pray for a man, some men who are real, who can help the men. We need somebody to help the young men. The reason God hasn't brought many young men into this place is because we don't have anybody who, who is yet who really feels anointed and called and has such a heart of God to be there for these young men. So we need to pray that in. I encourage you, if you have unclean stuff going on in your home and you can stop it, you better stop it. Don't enable the enemy to destroy you and your children and everyone else. But you know what? No adult's going to come and stay in my house and not be married and stay in the same room with that person. None. It doesn't matter to me. Because it's up to me to have my house holy. It's up to me to be led by God to keep this place holy. Now, I'll tell you one more story. I guess I'm going to do this other teaching Friday night. It's really powerful. You don't want to miss it. I had the worship team come. Really listen to this if you fight with being religious. In other words, you follow all the rules, but you don't have the love. 
or you can say all the right things. This is so strange. This goes back to, so Kalia had her piano music going. Now Kalia can't hear it because she took off her hearing aids. So it was through the whole place pretty loud. So I slept for a while, but I'm one of those people, if I wake up and I just hear the same sound, whether it's snoring or whatever, and it, it, then all I do is hear it. That's just how my, that's how I am. So I'm a light sleeper. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, one of the kids had, and I didn't think it's Kalia because I knew she had her hearing. So I'm thinking, okay, one of these kids is playing this. It's nice music, very um, upper class music, you know, like piano. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to upset them. Maybe that's how they get, they go to sleep. But then I just couldn't take it. So I, I walked down the hall and, it, and I saw it was coming from Kalia's room. I didn't want to wake her up. It was like four in the morning. So I just closed her door. I go back, I still can't not hear it. So I like putting my Bible on out loud. Like um, if I go upstairs, if, if I, you know, whatever, and I can't sleep or whatever, I want to go hang out with God. I don't like things in my ears when I might fall asleep. But I didn't want to wake everybody up with, with uh, maybe the book of Revelations or something. So from da-da-da-da-da, and! <laughs> so... So I, I end up putting a um, Bluetooth thing in my ear. Now, this is so wild. So I go to sleep, and the Bluetooth is really in my ear, and it's preaching nonstop. And it's like in the book of Second Timothy by this time where it's saying, and I don't allow women to preach in the place and blah, 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 all the rules. And all of a sudden, I'm having this dream. But it's really the real Bible being preached in my ears. It's really strange. It's the first time I really, really understood how bad a religious spirit is, especially a legalistic Pharisee spirit. How bad this is, how it's hurt your children, how it hurts other people you think you're ministering to or counseling. The word of God without the Holy Spirit brings death. And that's what most of the church is. So this is playing in my ear really loud. In this dream, I can't describe it, but it was like this big building, but it was old and nasty. It was kind of, I was like down in some kind of basement thing and it had nasty red carpet and, um, and it had like theater seats. It was just, but, it, but this man was standing beside me in a, in a suit and he was really straight and he had kind of longer hair, not long, long, but you know, looked like, you know, just, he kind of looked like one of those nerdy kind of guys who's got a religious spirit for this stuff. Anyway, and he's, he's walking beside me. I can't get away from him. Now, remember the whole time the real Bible is playing in my ear, but in the dream, it was like he was saying these things. So all he kept saying was scripture to me, scripture to me, scripture to me, scripture to me, saying it, saying it. It was really the word, saying it, saying it. And, I, and it, kept make, it was trying to make me feel bad, and it was, it was taking my joy. It was taking all my hope. It was just really destroying, and I, I just wanted to get away. So I go up these stairs, and there's more rooms and all. No matter where I go, this person's there. Then I go outside to this big parking lot. I'm trying to get away. This was one of those dreams that go on and on. I think it went through the book of First and Second Timothy and maybe the other one uh, after that. And I just couldn't get out. And then it got to the part where, and I don't allow women to preach and da-da, there to be submissive to men and all this stuff. And, and I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, God, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And it was just so bad. I just said, I got to get out of here. And so I got out in the parking lot. This is why the kids are leaving the church. And I, and I got out in the parking lot and, and there the person still is, still preaching in my ear. 
And finally, I woke up. I was never so happy to wake up in my life. And I said, God, that was horrible. He said, I just let you experience a religious spirit using my word without my spirit and without my love and how it destroys somebody's heart for God, how it destroys somebody's hunger for God, how it puts legalism in bondage, and why the kids are leaving the church left and right. Now, here's what's happening too much in the church right now. We've overcorrected. Most of the mess in the church is overcorrection. So because now we have fog machines and lights and you can wear you know disgusting clothes and hang out and and go home with parents who you know aren't married and whatever and think you're okay we've overcorrected. now we are trying to be the entertainment industry and everything goes and everything's okay where before we were the say the rules and the regulations and do this and be a good person and be a good kid and make me look good don't make me look bad and blah blah right well, now you're going to, and from that, we have a lot of people with counterfeit spirituality. They never dealt with that. They don't love themselves. They never dealt with anything. So they think they're all spiritual, which is very sad because Jesus says, away from me, you work of iniquity. I don't know you. And they think they cast out demons. They think they prophesied. They think they did all these things. They had signs and wonders and he doesn't know them which shows you can have the same religious spirit with signs and wonders and all that kind of stuff, but you have to get to the place of making sure people know he loves them and they love themselves. Make sure you love yourself enough that you can let your children know that they are loved. The biggest thing that's missing in the church is people loving God and loving themselves. So there's no way possible to love your neighbor. There's no way possible to truly be a good husband or wife or parent. But God's going to fix all that. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.